Welcome you to the I Believe in Jesus broadcast. We thank you for tuning in to the station and hungry, and we thank you that you are willing to listen to the Word of God, you that love Jesus Christ out there, searching through the Internet, turning the radio on, trying to find a word from the Lord in due season. Many of you right now that, that have found this station are about to hear the Word of God that He has prepared for, for you before the foundation of the world. Isn't that a wonderful thought? Our God intricately has designed everything, has control of all things, and right now we're in a moment together, believers, that we're going to hear the mind of God. We're going to be enriched by His knowledge in the Word of God, and we're going to be blessed together. And one day in heaven, we will know each other. We will sit down at that beautiful marriage supper of the Lamb. We will be able to be there with Jesus face to face. Isn't that an awesome thought? That's our hope, isn't it? This morning in prayer, I began to cry out to the Spirit and the bride, say, come, come quickly, Lord. You know, our hunger and our love for Jesus, we hate to be completely separated from Him. We want to touch Him. We want to, we want to be able to look in His eyes. We want to hold Him. We want to caress His nail-scarred feet and hands. We, we want to be right there because we love Him so much. And one day, believers, we will be there. One day we will be together in heaven. Let me encourage you with the truth that you already know, for you have read the written word of God. One day we will have eternal life, and we will have a new body, and we will be as he, he is, and we will go to that place called heaven, that land that he has prepared for us, a place where there's no more pain, no more sorrow, no more heartache. Soon and very soon the Lord Jesus is coming for his precious bride. And if you have accepted him as your personal savior, that's you. So I just feel the spirit of the Lord to say to you that are weary, that are, that are worn out in this race here on earth, Jesus understands those places. And he has given you the power through his grace to continue to endure. Hold on. I just speak to you, my brothers and sisters in the Lord. Hold on. Don't give up. Don't quit. Just pray for the strength of the Lord. Know that, know that what he's saying to you today is to be still and know that he is God. Know that Jesus is who he says he is. Know that the word of God to you today will strengthen you, will uphold you. It will cause you to know that he is who he says he is. I, I, I preached on that through the Spirit of the Lord this last Sunday in our church, and I, that phrase just rings in my spirit. Jesus is who he says he is, and we need to be fully persuaded, as Paul was from the prison cell when he wrote to Timothy and said, I am fully persuaded that he is able to keep all that I have committed unto him. He knew that Jesus was who he says he is, and he is the great I am. He is the Savior of the world. His power is unlimited, and that there is nothing impossible when we put our faith in Christ who can do 
all things. Amen. There is nothing impossible to Jesus. He created all things. His name is above all all names he is all powerful he is the almighty god he is your el shaddai he is your rose of sharon he is your lily of the valley he is the king of kings and the lord of lords he is the healer he is the deliverer he is your refuge he is your shelter he is your everlasting strength he is who he says he is he cannot lie he is truth he is the way he is life and he has given you, the believer, life abundantly. So be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. As Paul said in Ephesians chapter 6. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. He's strengthening you right now. He's rescued you out of many troubled waters, church. And he loves you. He's strengthening you, pastors who are weary from carrying the burden of the church. You're overloaded, some of you. You're overloaded. God has called you to shepherd a flock, half of them disobedient, half of them obedient. And you're weary. But God is your strength. God is your shepherd. God is going to empower you right now. And he's going to open heaven over you pastors right now. And he's going to refresh in you and encourage you. He tells you, it's me to tell you, he loves you with an everlasting love and your reward and glory will be great. It will be beyond what you can comprehend. The Lord hasn't forgotten you, pastors. He knows and he savored your tears as you weep before him for the rebellious, for the disobedient, for the lukewarm, for those that are in sickness and in disease and you long to see them healed, yet they're not healed. You, God has given you his heart. He's given you a shepherd's heart. He knows in the night watches when you weep and when you feel their pain and when you see even their rebellion and you stand in the gap and say, Oh, God, forgive them. Oh, God, have mercy. Have mercy. And that you love the flock so much, you pastors, you love the flock so much that you pray the similar prayer that Moses prayed. Moses prayed, oh God, instead of them, don't strike them, strike me. What love? That's a Christ-like love. That's a, the love that Jesus went to the cross. No, don't let anybody else go. I volunteer. Don't let them be hurt. They hurt me instead. Let me feel the pain. Let me suffer for them. That's that same Christ-like love, and Jesus knows the struggles. Lord, I pray for these pastors around the world that are at their wits' end. They don't have enough finances. I pray that finances will be released right now in Jesus' name, that, Lord, you will bring strangers into their church. If their flock won't give to them what they need, that you will send strangers. Even a heathen sometimes is more free to give their finances than the church themselves. So, Lord, I pray that no matter how you provide it, I know that you will. I, I ask you to watch over these earthly shepherds, God, and I ask you to bring the provision for them themselves and for their ministries, God, that you would take care of them. The Word of God says that give double honor to those that preach in word and doctrine. And I pray for those pastors to be refreshed. Right now, what they need more than money is for heaven to open over them and give them a refreshing of strength.
a strength of the Lord, the, the encouragement of the Lord. Well done, good and faithful servants, to hear the voice of God saying, get up and go on. Get up and go on. Don't give up. Don't give up. And the Lord is pleased with you. You continue on in those hard places. Keep on preaching truth. Don't compromise the word. The Lord says keep preaching. Keep preaching that uncompromised doctrine. Preach the substance of the gospel as Paul did. And that's Jesus Christ, him crucified, raised on the third day. Preach Jesus. Preach Jesus. Keep on, pastors. Don't give up. You're making a difference. You may not see it, but you will in glory. You're making a difference. If it's just one that's listening to you, if it's just one in your congregation that grows, and comes out of their rebellion and their carnal ways. If there be just one, you just keep on doing. And remember, you're not responsible for the result. You're only responsible to do what God has called a shepherd to do, and that is feed the flock, pray for the flock, war for the flock. Glory to God. We wish we could make people listen. You be strong. Only God can change a heart. You just keep believing. You just keep preaching. Because pastors in this end time, the latter rain is about to fall. And as you preach, miracles are going to start taking place because you've been faithful. God is able. God is going to do it. You be strong and you be encouraged today. Jesus hadn't forgot the labor. And you are not laboring in vain, but there's great reward in glory. You may not get much of a check down here on earth, but you're going to get a big reward when you get to glory. You and I know you're not doing it for money, but I know you have to eat, and I know you have to have clothes on your back, and you have to feed your families. And Lord, I thank you for these faithful shepherds that you're speaking to right now. Strengthen them. Wake their flock up. Bring their flock to a place in Christ. Oh, the fullness and the maturity of our Jesus. And bless these pastors, God. In Jesus' name, amen. I had no idea that the Spirit of the Lord was going to go in that direction, opening up this broadcast. But every time before we come on to record, we pray for the will of the Father to be done. Amen? Because it's not my broadcast. That's why I don't mention my name or any other human being's name. But I mention the name that matters. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ. We are on here to let the Spirit of the Lord do what Jesus desires to be done. And I thank you for listening. You be blessed and you be strong. And, and if you're not a pastor and you have a good pastor, a good shepherd, you go bless that pastor. You, you get right alongside that pastor and you labor in prayer for that work. And you lift that pastor up. And those prayers will make that pastor continue on. Glory to God. Be blessed. Do all that you can to be a blessing. And when you bless the pastor on earth, you're blessing the shepherd in heaven. Amen. What I had in my spirit to get into the teaching about, we only have a, about a few minutes, maybe 15 minutes left. But what I feel in my spirit Jesus wants to expound on today is how to be Christ-centered. You know, church, we need to, to get our life Christ-like. Amen. Everybody in the church has a right to desire the blessings of God. But the way that the Bible teaches us that we get those blessings, glory to God, is through obedience. 
And Christ, we need to be Christ-centered. That means Christ is our priority. Christ is what we think about when we lie down at night before we go to sleep. And Christ is what we dream about. And Christ is what we think about in the morning. And Christ is what we're thinking about all day long. And Christ is the one that we want to please above and beyond ourselves or anyone else. Colossians 3, 16 and 17 says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In all wisdom, teaching, admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Now, everything that we do in order to be Christ-centered, I'm teaching you how to be Christ-centered. Maybe you know it. Well, then the Spirit of the Lord is reminding you, everything that you do, do all in the Word and indeed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Do it unto Him. Do it for Him. Do it cheerfully, not grudgingly. Giving thanks to God and the Father by Jesus. We need to thank the Father daily for sending His Son for sacrificing his only begotten son. Do you know, do you know that there was a great price that the Father God paid, the, the highest price that he could pay, was he yes, sending his son down here to be mocked, to be ridiculed, to be beaten, to be smitten, to be stricken. Don't ever forget the price that fa the Father God in heaven paid. And he's so loving and so rich. Through Christ, we have inherited all spiritual blessings. Through Jesus Christ, we can be more than a conqueror because he loved us enough to do what all he did. How much are we giving in return? You know, I thought the other day in prayer, and I spoke, the Spirit spoke it out in church last Sunday, that, hey, I haven't given much. I haven't shed blood for this gospel yet. Hallelujah, how little. How little I've given, how much I want to give it all for Christ. But I haven't suffered much for Jesus. And isn't it a shame that so many believers think that they're just sacrificing so much when they give a little time to the work in the kingdom of God or to prayer, the labor of the church is prayer. We give very little. How much time a day do you give? How Christ-centered we are will show in how much time every 24 hours in our day down here on earth do we really give to Christ in praying and studying the Word. My, my, my. But boy, we will find time to do what this flesh wants to do. If the church would tithe their time every day, Give two hours and 40 minutes a day to study and prayer and praise them. And admiration unto the Lord. There would be a church that would truly overcome all evil on the face of the earth. But oh my, how Christ-centered are we? Oh, the Spirit of the Lord is provoking us to think. How Christ-centered are you? How Christ-centered am I? I cannot ask you a question that provokes you without asking myself. Oh, how I want to be 100% Christ-centered. Proverbs 8 and 17 says, I love them that love me, and those that seek me early shall find me. Well, you want to be Christ-centered? How early do you seek Jesus? 
Is he the first thing on your list every day? And if you say, well, I have to get up, I have to go to work at 4 o'clock in the morning, then I'd advise you to get up a little early before you leave and make sure you bend your knee and you bow your heart before a holy God and recognize him before you go about your busy day. And then I would, I would encourage you that if you get a lunch hour on your job, that you would get off alone and go pray and maybe have a little pocket Bible in your hand or your shirt pocket or your purse or whatever the situation is, and you would read a few verses on your lunch hour. And then I would encourage you that when you get home at night, if you're Christ-centered, you're going to have more quality time alone. You're going to make that time. You're not going to neglect Jesus if you're a Christ-centered person. And you're going to be at the church, glory to God, every time the doors are open. And you may be so Christ-centered that you'd ask your pastor for a key because you want to extend yourself for Christ uh, and you want to go to the the temple of God and you want to intercede for that ministry Christ-centered people are sold out hallelujah their time belongs to God and they sacrifice that time more than they even sacrifice their finances hallelujah are you Christ-centered I feel the spirit of the Lord in the house of God today speaking to all of us amen Psalms 34, 1 and 4 through 4 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Oh, we want that blessing. We want to be delivered from all our fears. But more than even that, we should want to be Christ-centered. We should want to please Him. We should bless the Lord at all times, the first verse says. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. That's who He's going to deliver from all their fears. The one that's blessing him all the time. Not the one that's murmuring. Not the one that's complaining. Not the one that still wants to be in control of their own life. Not the one that is still going after the pleasures of the world. Glory to God. Not the one that's walking in their flesh one day and in the spirit the next. He will not deliver them from all their fears. The blessings come when obedience flows. Amen. Glory to God. Do you bless the Lord at all times? Do you sing a praise to him every day? Do you wake up with a grateful heart? Oh, my, 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 how that blesses Jesus. In the middle of turmoil, when we raise our hands and we sing in the fire, when we sing in the trials when we praise him anyway though you slay me job said i'm gonna trust you lord hallelujah that's where god wants us that's a christ-centered mind a christ-centered life jesus i trust you even all hell rises up and wars are all around me god i'm gonna bless the name of the lord i'm gonna put my trust in jesus because he is who he says he is hallelujah that's a Christ-centered life. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. We need to magnify the Lord. Amen. We need to lift His name up. 
and then he will deliver us from all our fears. Romans 13, 14. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to be fulfilled in the lust thereof. My, if we're going to be Christ-centered, then Jesus is telling us that we can make no provision for the flesh. That means don't allow your flesh to have its way. What are you doing? Are you about pleasing the flesh more? This is the, this is the problem, one of them, in the church. And this is where the church of Christ needs to mature. We will, the, the church overall doesn't have a regular fasting habit in their life. That's a holy habit. Jesus told his disciples when they were, he was here on the earth, he said, there's no need for you to fast now while I'm here, but after I'm gone, you will need to. Now, in the putting the flesh under subjection and pushing away that food, glory to God, that's in a lot of places people don't even consider that a part of their walk. And that's why their flesh is still alive so much, and that's why their flesh is so strong. Because when you and I, as the body of Christ, are determined to allow the Holy Spirit to fast, take us into fastings and prayer, seasons of fasting and prayer. Christ-centered people are going to be a bit, have holy habits. They're, they're going to have habitual fastings. Nobody's going to have to call them to a fast. They're, that's part of their life. Christ-centeredness, because when you fast, then you deny yourself, and guess who lives more? Christ-centeredness. Jesus comes alive more. Hallelujah. The power of Christ comes more prevalent. We don't have to run around and tell everybody we're fasting. We should live a fasted life. Amen. We shouldn't tell. We should just fast and pray and seek God for one purpose. For one purpose. And that's to get this flesh under subjection to the Holy Spirit. Because it's unruly. And it's rebellious. And there is no good thing in our flesh. So how Christ-centered are we, church? How on target? How much are we pressing through? Psalms 96 and 2 says, Sing unto the Lord, bless His name, show forth His salvation from day to day. Bless the Lord, sing unto the Lord, church. Be a true worshiper, be a praiser, but live it continually. When Don't let vile corruption come out of your mouth. Don't be insulting and rude to one another. James speaks about that in James chapter 2. He says we bless, some Christians bless out of one side of their mouth and curse somebody and speak offensive things out of the other side of their mouth. That's more or less like a double-minded person, not Christ-centered. Christ blessed his enemies. Christ's word says pray for those that despitefully use you. Pray for them. Forgive them. Love them as Christ first loved you. Receive them as weak sinners and pray for them to become strong. That's Christ-centeredness, obeying the Word of God. For Christ-centered, we're going to obey the Word of God. We're going to cry out to God for help to do it. He's given us grace. We have no excuse. The last scripture that I want to read to you is, I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget your word. Make me to understand the way of thy precepts, so shall I talk of thy wondrous works. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm going to delight myself in the laws of God. I will not forget your word, God. That's a Christ-centered life. Make me to understand the way of thy precepts. In other words, 
I'm Christ-centered. I'm praying for understanding about God's ways. I, I want to know everything about Jesus, don't you? Christ-centered, your hunger to know him is beyond explanation. So shall I talk of thy wondrous work. You know, if we talk more about the wondrous works of God instead of the deeds of the devil, we'd be blessing him more, wouldn't we? Oh, sometimes we have to talk about what the devil's up to in order to go to prayer, yes. But how much, if we're Christ-centered, how much more are we going to be talking about, hey, glory to God, I was in an accident, but I wasn't hurt. Praise the name of the Lord. Oh, God saved my children, praise God. I remember what Jesus did when Moses was at the Red Seas, a marvelous God, talking about the things that he's done in your personal life. Lord, we just pray right now at the close of the broadcast that you will stir us and enrich us to become more Christ-centered. Lord, we repent if we're wayward. We ask you to search our heart if we're lukewarm, if we've lost our enthusiasm, if we're obedient one day, disobedient in another. Glory to God, may you May you quicken us, convict us. And I pray if, if those that don't know you, Jesus, as their personal Savior are listening, I pray that they'll hear the very simplicity of Christ, that all they have to do is accept you, Jesus, as their personal Savior, believe that you died for them, that you bore all their sins, that they can ask you to forgive them of all sins, and you will be faithful and just to forgive them and ask you to come into their heart and be the Lord of their life. Finding Jesus is not hard. Repent of your sins. Ask Jesus to come into your heart and become Christ-centered. Make Jesus Christ the love of your life. Put every, all these cares of life aside. You'll have time to get done and, and more. You'll have, you'll, have, you'll have such organized divine order in your life. If you are Christ-centered, you will be amazed at what you can accomplish. When you put him first, be Christ-centered. Look what he's done for us. He's done it all. There isn't anything else he could do, church. He's done it all. Let's all make a commitment today that already know Jesus and have been following him to make sure he's preeminent over our time, over every area of our life, that he is the master of all in our life that we love him with all our heart all our mind all our soul and all of our strength and we are grateful enough to thank him daily to praise him daily to bless the name of the lord and never be ashamed to speak in the name of jesus wherever we go god bless you if the lord will we'll be back talking to you more about jesus next week he loves you, and he's coming soon. Go tell somebody Jesus is alive, and he is who he says he is. God bless.